75% occupancy on net, uh, at least three grand. Uh, my occupancy rates are typically in the 90s, and that brings in an additional uh, 12 to, to 1500 bucks. So, so on average, uh, I, I see between 45 to, to six grand in a good month uh, on, uh, on net profits uh, from, uh, from those listings in, in the Big Apple. That's awesome. That is great. So forty five hundred for for making a clean system. Uh, have your nice little in, initial investment, and that's that's cash flow. Hey, how's it going, guys? My name is Dan Wynn, and welcome to the Financial Freedom Journal. So, if you've watched a few of my videos, you know that. Behind you is not the normal setting. So what you're seeing behind you is the city of Toronto. Uh, my family and I just took a quick vacation up here. So just getting that out of the way. All right, so today's episode, we're gonna be talking about short-term rentals with my friend and mentor, Alvin Cavalier. He goes by Cav. So I've known Cav for about eight years. Uh, I met him when I was at Fort Benning. I was going through infantry officer basic course and uh, ranger school and he really helped and mentored me through that process gave me a lot of tips and tricks that um, that helped get me through that process like i said and uh, it was really really good i've ever since i've known him he's been a phenomenal leader uh phenomenal mentor and just a all around really good guy and then we share a lot of synergies as well we have a lot of things in common uh, we have little kids and uh you'll, you'll hear it in the background um we were we were actually talking and you'll hear the knocking and uh his little girl was like hey i'm out the door she was trying to get in on the conversation so it was pretty funny but um yeah we share a lot of things in common we both really like real estate we're both you know military officers and um again he's just an all-around great guy and he's he's doing great things uh, with the real estate, obviously with the military, um, and, he, and he really understands the short-term rental market and the short-term rental strategy, and he's built a, a system, um, a system and process to scale uh, what he has going on now. And I think he has over 30, 30 rentals right now, and uh, he's spread across a bunch of different markets. So he really, really knows what he's doing here. He has a, a great Facebook group as well. Um, so if you're trying to learn about the uh, short-term rental market. Uh, just look him up, look up his Facebook book group. I have all the links down here in the show notes. Oh, I have a really quick announcement. So if you don't have the time to watch the videos on YouTube or on your phone, you can now officially listen to them on podcast. So we're on iTunes and we're on Spotify. Stitcher is coming soon. Just type in Financial Freedom Journal or type in Dan Wynn and you'll be able to find us. As always, if you're finding value out of any of the content that we're putting out, please do me a favor, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, um, share, download the iTunes, <laughs> download the podcast and uh, share it with others. You know, you never know uh, who else is interested in real estate and um, you can start a conversation that way. Yeah, so that included a little bit of everything. So uh, the furnishings. My name's Alvin. Uh, I go by go by Cav, sort of for uh, for Cavalier. Uh, originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, born and raised until joined uh, Uncle Sam's group uh, here in the Army, where where I've been for the last uh, eighteen years. Uh, and currently, me and my family were down here, uh, lovely Fort Polk, Louisiana, in the swamps of uh, of the Bayou, 
so first and foremost, uh, father, soldier, uh, husband. I've got a background in nursing, engineering, and I'm currently doing uh, simulations uh, for the military. So my day jobs and my night job uh, is in real estate, uh, more specifically uh, short-term rentals uh, these days. Um, how I got started uh, in, uh, in the short-term rental business uh, or in real estate uh, in general, uh, I, I think sort of slipped into it like everybody else uh, in Columbus uh, to be exact and uh, said we wanted to purchase a house and uh, lo and behold you've got the, the VA loan uh, as I call the the big umbrella of uh, protection uh, for us so purchased a home with the with the VA loan and I quickly realized uh, what a gold mine that we had stepped into. Uh, so luckily, even in my rookie deal, uh, we had uh, a pretty good deal with a pretty low interest rate uh, on a home, a new home that, that appreciated rather quickly. And then beginning to understand the building of equity and appreciation and uh, how do you leverage that uh, sort of came on pretty quickly after that. And uh, that was it. Uh, I was I was all in after that uh, just went from uh, one property uh, acquired a second property in Fayetteville and then uh, transitioned into uh, some owner finance uh, stuff uh, which in the traditional uh, real estate world uh, that that's sort of where I, I lay my hat uh, with owner finance deals, or at least the deals that I, I typically look for and still go after. Uh, so after the first two, uh, each of the following uh, properties were acquired uh, through owner finance deals. Um, so just really, really quick, I just want to unwrap just a little bit. So for some of the people, for some of my viewers and some of our subscribers, people listening out there, they're not really sure what what that really means, owner financing. Would you mind uh, unwrapping that a little bit? Just explain just a, a little bit just to you know rookie investor or someone who's never who's never really done uh, owner financing. And then also uh, some of the advantages to owner financing. Right. So, so on a very very basic level, as I call it, uh, it's it's our rookie year here in the league. Uh, owner finance is no more than. Uh, a buyer and a seller uh, verbally agreeing to a, a deal, and that deal being uh, constructed between the two, uh, and then bringing in a title company and a real estate lawyer uh, to make sure everything's uh, legal uh, with the deal, and then it's done. Uh, that's it, I've, I've turned uh, uh, owner finance deals in as little as 72 hours, uh, once the, the verbal agreement's in place, uh, everything else uh, is moves at the speed of the battle. And you can be in business uh, fairly quickly. So the one of the unique things about owner financing is uh, your ability to be uh, as creative as you need to be 
with uh, with those deals. And as I say, there's a far left end and a far right end. On the far left end, you've got a, a pretty straightforward deal with uh, with the seller, where you can construct a set price, um, zero down, zero percent interest over a set a set amount of time, and uh, and go for it. On the far right end, uh, you have something a bit more complicated but doable. Uh, where you have a home that's uh, not necessarily uh, owned or it still has a mortgage, uh, which you can still do an owner finance deal. However, the bank uh, will maintain a, a first lien on the, uh, the property and the owner can finance a portion of that property or a portion of the deal to, uh, to you. And then <coughs> your deal structured until uh, whatever the terms of the buyout uh become so so that that's really the 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 interest there with with short-term rentals and at least for me like it, it garners my creativity and and my whole uh existence in in real estate and a lot of things i do uh revolve around having the ability to not be binded by uh by rules that are in place and i don't want to say i hate real estate agents but <laughs> they they're bound. They're bound by rules and, and regulations once they they become licensed. So uh, I like to color a little bit outside of the lines, and that's why owner finance interests me so much uh, because it allows you to to be so. It really really interests for quite some time before I got into into short term rentals. So let's hit on the the STR a little bit. Like, why did you choose STR over any other type of um, real estate investing. I know that because um, we we talked off. We've been talking for what the past I don't know five years or so. And I remember when you first started saying mm -hmm. talking about the short term rentals. And uh, at the time, I think you were about to develop a six unit. You were in the process of uh, developing uh, a commercial property <laughs> land. And uh, you're like, nope, mm -hmm. done with that. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, this this STR right now. This Airbnb. This is what's this is what's really making passive income right now. So. Can you talk about a little bit about where your mindset was at with that and why are some of the reasons that you chose uh, STR or those other type of uh, real estate investing? Yeah, sure, sure. So, so, so there are about three or four things that, that really excite me about short-term rentals. Uh, one, uh, when I think about uh, Airbnb specifically, uh, I, I like to look at it as, as a shared economy as a whole. Uh, and again, it gets back to like the, the ability to be creative. Uh, and I'm going to give you an example for a property in Atlanta uh, where we, we stretch short-term rentals or the shared economy uh, to its core. Uh, so I've got a client that comes in or a guest that books uh, an Airbnb through the platform. And then we bring them in to uh, a Toro rental. Uh, car that's on site uh, at the property and then uh, they're in town for business so we give them credit uh, at, uh, at space share in Atlanta uh, to to conduct business so so I've taken uh, what was traditionally just a, uh, a a guest that came in town ubered them in to their Airbnb provided a rental car through Toro and uh, provided them uh, another shared economy platform uh, there to do business uh, in Atlanta. 
Uber them back out to the airport in a preponderance of their trip. Uh, it's all in a shared economy. So wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just want to make sure I got it right. You're saying usually when I hear Airbnb or any kind of short-term uh, rental, I hear, you know, it's all about just the guest stay and the guest experience. You're talking about a whole nother level right, right now. It seems like you're, you're so you're, you Uber them into the, to your, your Airbnb, and then you also have places set up that they can actually do business within it as well. So I've heard you talk a lot about the shared economy, and I didn't know that's what you meant. Like you really meant like the whole entire ecosystem of, uh, of, of Airbnb-esque or, or um, yeah, of Airbnb-esque things. So how does that work? Do you get, um, if, you're, if you're Ubering them into your uh, location, are, are you linked to Uber drivers or something that, that, that do you get a profit off of that or something? Or how, how does that work? Yeah, so so absolutely. So uh, one lifts my, uh, my my choice, but uh, it's linked to my uh, my business account, and they give you so many uh, so many credits for for business related rides that you uh, <clears throat> you have in a given uh, in a given month. Uh, so that that really uh, so I call sort of Airbnb. Airbnb is kind of just like the meat right on a hamburger. Uh, but then you have like the lettuce and the pickles and the bread, right? So all these other shared economy platforms, uh, that, that are out there and, and that's, that's what I tell investors, right? So, so how do you take this meeting? You create a burger, right? You, you've got to look at it and see where can you truly add value? And that, that's really what it comes down to. So, so I take any, any location, uh, whether it's Atlanta or Columbus, Georgia. And I understand that uh, Airbnb is a subset in the shared economy. And I want to look at uh, the services that are provided and see where I can add immediate value to, uh, to an area. But, uh, but by and large, and especially in some of the larger cities that we've invested in, uh, those additional additions tied into the shared economy as a whole uh, on top of my my hamburger meat here uh, making a sandwich for uh, for guests uh, it, it, it has completely uh, proven itself uh, of immediate value uh, to uh, to guests. so so the other thing again I, I'll get back to creativity again uh, being able to leverage uh, additional platforms to uh, to, to add value to, to your guest stay. Uh, shared economy services uh, would, would be one. And then uh, the second point uh, gets back to what I mentioned earlier about my interest in owner financing. In the short-term rental space, it allows you to be uh, as creative uh, as you want to be, as I alluded to with, with some of the examples of bringing in other shared economy services on top of uh, my Airbnb platform. Uh, third thing, uh, it's really about the people, right? So uh, how can you add value to uh, what we're doing every day in the, in the travel? Uh, but through Airbnb, I've met uh, over 300, uh, I've had over 300 different guests uh, stay over the past year. And uh, it's provided uh, me the ability to have friendships uh, all over the world. Uh, and then 
other hosts, uh, European-based hosts, South American-based hosts, uh, always come by and offer uh, host exchange uh, at their properties in exchange for, uh, for a trip maybe the following year. Uh, and then the last thing really, income potential. Uh, but, but again, so in, any value you create, obviously, uh, income uh, follows after, uh, after that. But I, I've seen just, uh, just in the last 20 months, the ability to turn a traditional rental property into a short-term rental and uh, generate almost three times the amount of income per month uh, has been pretty, a pretty consistent reality uh, in the short-term rental space. So, so that, that's, that's really, uh, really, really been beneficial uh, with, with respect to the short-term rentals. That's, that's great. So I'm just going to, just going to touch on a couple things uh, or, or try to have you expound on a few things. So um, I love the analogy you gave about the hamburger, you know, the, the meat, and then you have to, you got the pickles, you got the lettuce and you got the, you know, the Uber buns or the Lyft buns, you know? So I, I think that's, I think that's awesome. That's something that um, I never, I've never thought of. I think myself and a lot of other people think of the uh, short term rentals as a kind of a one, a one way thing and, and don't think too much about, like you said, the creativity and, and, um, and tapping into the entire uh, shared ecosystem. So I, I think that's, that's pretty awesome. Can you talk about your, can you talk about your first deal, like your first short term rental, like how that, how that went about and um, like maybe what the setup was, what the system you put in place and then what the numbers look like, uh, some of that. And then we'll kind of talk about, hey, where you're at now and what, what you're doing now. So uh, the first deal uh, was actually in New York. Uh, I, I stumbled across a uh, real estate agent. Uh, she was a daughter of a veteran on a veteran site. And he mentioned that his daughter was uh, doing Airbnb. Uh, and it was something I've always thought about uh, getting into. And uh, I said, hey, why not? So I sent him a note. It's another uh two days later on a phone call with uh with the starter who was a real estate agent uh in, in new york and then she found uh she found a couple uh deals uh that, that would work out uh so once that was in place just figured out what the funding would look like and and for a short-term rental one bedroom uh on average takes about uh six or seven thousand dollars to, uh, to to really get everything started, uh, but you you plus that up about ten thousand dollars in New York because everything's more expensive in New York. So right around seventeen grand to get into into the New York City market. A lot of it was just administrative fees with, uh, with New York, so broker fees, uh, security deposit, uh, first second month uh, rental fees, uh, all of that played a part uh into into the uh the total cost so and then there was a fee to uh to her as an agent uh that, that was also included so it, it it became pretty expensive but again like like any investor uh when, when we see opportunity uh we you know we, we dive in without a without second thought after uh, after the numbers make sense definitely for us. but the, the thing i tell you is that uh that that seventeen grand uh, 
came back in less than 90 days. Um, less than how, so, many, how many days? So that proved itself really well. And then about 90 days. Yeah. So awesome. It's a pretty quick turn on, on ROI. And then after that, it was just house money. So you got into the deal for 17000 And then what, what does the rest look like? So you set up, you put the furniture in, uh, you get it listed online, and then... Yeah, that, that's about the size of it. So, so really, this, this became about... Uh, because I was going to be remotely hosting, hosting a place from, from, uh, from Louisiana, uh, making sure the processes were in place. Uh, so hiring a housekeeper, uh, or two, in this case, for redundant purposes, uh, after getting everything uh, set up, uh, comes the listing uh, through Airbnb's platform. Uh, and once that was stood up, housekeepers are in place, had a professional photographer come in uh, to, to grab some professional shots, uh, get all that stuff uh, put up, and then uh, then you're, you're rocking and rolling. But, but again, this, this isn't doable without uh, a solid process uh, behind it, uh, especially in this business because, uh, at least in my case, uh, I operate everything from uh, my cell phone uh, uh, with, with respect to each each short-term rental property. What are some of the the things, some of the some things that you experienced that um, I guess that you just had to learn that that first deal as far as creating the system? Oh, so the key exchange, right? <clears throat> uh, that that becomes one of the. Uh, can become one of the greater headaches, especially in, in New York. Uh, I was a few months in, but I had guests that came in from Canada. Uh, they came in to uh, attend a concert, which was in uh, Brooklyn. Not only did they get in at midnight, they checked in, grabbed the keys, and then went straight to the concert. So I get a call at 3 a.m. in the morning and they don't have my house keys. <laughs> so, so that sets off uh, a series of phone calls, which eventually uh, uh, ended in me having to get them to a lockbox, which I had another set of keys, but I realized quickly how inefficient a lockbox is at three o'clock in the morning to a bunch of uh, individuals who had a lot of fun uh, the past couple hours so uh, I, I took that back and and brought that second key and where I even got a third key now inside of key cafe uh, and those are uh, sliced out between three different locations that are all, all open 24 hours a day so it gives me redundant means around the city uh, to, to have guests with access to uh you can be drunk to, anywhere you can be drunk anywhere and still get a key <laughs> yeah. that's about the size of it but that was probably one one of the most uh one of the most glaring uh things to to come to bear and, and help you realize that uh that the key exchange has to be has to be seamless and accessible for uh for guests or, or you can have a, a pretty long night then the turnaround, I know you said your, your um, housekeepers are pretty much on top of that. Do you see the turnaround and I'm assuming they get paid off, they get paid out. Cause I know there's a little um, housekeeping fee that usually 
is mm -hmm. into the actual Airbnb when you sign up with so you just pay her out that way I assume. The platform itself allows you to set a, uh, a cleaning fee and then you want to pay that cleaning fee or something a little bit smaller to your, uh, your housekeeper. Uh, which then allows you uh, to profit and, and buffer some funds for additional things down the line uh, to restock the place. Okay, so initial investment, $17,000. I know you've had it for, you probably have for at least two years now, right? So what's your, what do you think, around what is your monthly returns on it? And then what do you say your, your um, kind of year-on-year -year ROI is? I know right now it's probably infinite because, you know, you, you don't have any more money vested into it, but... Um, what does that look like on a monthly basis? Just yeah, so I'll just do some simple math here and say that my, my expenses are about three grand a month. And uh, on average at 75% occupancy, I'll net uh, at least three grand. Uh, my occupancy rates are typically in the 90s, uh, uh, well above 92, 95%. Uh, and that brings in an additional uh, twelve to, to 1500 bucks. So, so on average, uh, I, I see between 45 to, to six grand in a good month uh, on, uh, on net profits uh, from, uh, from those listings in, in the Big Apple. That's awesome. That is great. So $4,500 for, for making a clean system, uh, have your nice little in, initial investment, and that's, that's cash flow. That's not, that's not a revenue. That's cash flow. Um, after all expenses, still 45 to six G's. That's, that's great. It's phenomenal. Um, now th and those, that's just, and I know that you own rentals in, um, and not only New York, but DC, Atlanta, and I think you branch, do you branch out to Orlando as well? Yeah. So we're, we're in, uh, DC, Charleston, Savannah, Orlando, uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, Atlanta, Columbus, Georgia, uh, Austin, San Antonio, and uh, picking up in Montgomery, Alabama, and also El Paso, Texas here uh, here in the uh, the next month. You're all over the globe, well, all over the U.S., all over the map right now. I'm sure you're, I'm assuming you'll probably reach out international at some point, um, but that is phenomenal. Once you put the system in place, I mean... Uh, are they all operating pretty much under the same system with just different people? Yeah, so largely uh, they're, they're, uh, they're all under my profile in, in some capacity or another, whether it's a primary host or, or a co-host. Uh, but bear in mind, for, for each of these properties, uh, I get to about 90% of them to do the on-site setup uh, and setup of housekeepers, the smart lock system to tie everything in before, uh, before the listing goes hot. So that's usually about a, a two to three day effort for me, uh, or a weekend nowadays to get it, get a house completely furnished and, and up and running in, uh, in less than two days. But, uh, yeah, so, so part of it is having a chance to, to, to be on ground to, to make sure all the processes are put in place and all the redundant measures are, are built in before I take off. Cause, uh, but by and large, sometimes, uh, once I leave, uh, I'll never see it again in some cases, uh, uh like most of the, the properties. I just, I haven't been back there. So my, my only memory is are the pictures that, uh, that I've taken.
you only remember the pictures you've taken and the cash that comes in, right? You're like, <laughs> a reminder, right? <laughs> Are there any anything that is kind of going wrong? Anything that uh, anything you're worried about with with the short term rental? I know a lot of people. I, I see a lot of. Uh, buzz about the restrictions that are coming down from the government, and um, I, I know I know it kind of hit hard in New York for a little while there, um, and it seems like it's starting to hit some other major cities as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, and how does that how does that affect anything at all? Well, none for me, man. I, I I'll tell you, I think uh, that the regulations and uh, and what they mean for for those cities. Uh, have by and large uh, started to favor Airbnb. Uh, and I, I think just from an economic standpoint, you've got a, a company that's worth $30 billion, uh, which means that uh, they bring an income to a lot of cities. Uh, so, so minus what's happening in New York, uh, I, I think, uh, Airbnb in particular, they're setting themselves up uh, for the long run by uh, investing out into to hotels and, and other, uh, other real estate uh, type platforms. Uh, so when they do go public, uh, now you've got a different problem on your hands because you, you've got investors uh, funds that are tied into uh, that company making a profit. So we typically see uh, just historically uh, when, when things like that happen, you typically see uh, more cooperation between industries that uh, at one time or another uh, sought to, uh, to tear each other down. So I, I think it's just a matter of time before uh, cities come around or, or deals become more friendly uh, with Airbnb and their business, because the cities don't want to lose out on the additional tax revenue that they're uh, that they're bringing in, and, and and in some cases you don't want to you don't want to have to hire an additional task force that's going to cost taxpayer money to try to control something that your citizens are in favor of. It just it doesn't make much sense economically to to go that route. So. I think uh, you know cities will start to come around, and we'll start to see some sensible uh, regulations with uh, with Airbnb. But, but by and large, to, uh, it's here to stay. And you know, I, I think one of the things that uh, that's interesting is a lot of these shared economy platforms are still private businesses. I think Uber and Lyft just went public uh, sometime this year, but yeah, uh, with the large subset of these uh, companies still being uh, being private, they're largely unregulated. And then that also folds into uh, taxes. Can you explain that? Explain what you mean? So the tax, the, the tax structure for operating a business in a shared economy, uh, it's largely unregulated. Uh, and because those businesses are private, uh, right now, you have to go by the two principles in taxes, right? So in short-term rentals, for example, uh, you have the ordinary principle. Uh, so if what you're doing is ordinary, so that, you know, sort of one plus one equals two, everybody's doing it. And then is it necessary, right? 
is what you're doing necessary to to make a profit? And and here's the catch. So you, you take a guest review, and I'm just gonna say uh, I didn't have folded towels on the bed, and uh, the soap was on the floor when the guest arrived. So that guest can leave me a review that significantly impacts my rating, which can then significantly impact uh, my future guests, which then significantly impacts my income. So that's just a very out of the way uh, comment. But, but all I'm saying here is that uh, be, because everything you do in a short-term rental, it's necessary in order to make a profit, uh, that makes 100% of what you do for short-term rental a tax deduction. It's a tax deductible item. Yes. Uh, so, so in no other, no other space that you operate, will you have 100% of, of what you do uh, as a tax deductible expense? Uh, and that's part of the reason uh, with the growth and short-term rentals uh, after sort of figuring that out, uh, then the key became volume, right? How do you get the most volume in the shortest amount of time because you want to take advantage you want to take advantage of the tax structure and the ability to open one short-term rental and then just by numbers uh, when I open a short-term rental I know I'm operating uh, from the start with about a 35 to 37 thousand dollar loss and that's just averaging out all of my monthly expenses plus my startup cost uh, over the course of the year. So I know that going in. So when you peel that back and you say, well, I may only net 12 grand that year, then what happens to the loss, right? So Uncle Sam doesn't punish us for, for taking a business loss. He just, he scoots it under the rug, right? And he still pats you on the back and, and gives you Gives you gives you a good return, and and if the items are depreciable in some cases, like the furnishings, uh, they they get get pushed up, pushed down to uh, to future years. So, uh, it it can really become a win win situation in the short term rental business uh, as it pertains specifically to to uh, to taxes and how it's structured, and largely because it's unregulated right now. There's 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 no structure around uh, taxation of, of short term rentals. And that was that's actually one of the questions I was going to ask. I know uh, for all of my rentals, um, pretty much, I mean, you can live through your LLC and kind of make everything a tax deductible item, a tax deductible expense. Like anytime I go down to Columbus or anytime I go to Jacksonville or, or I'm visiting one of my uh, rental properties, mm -hmm. the whole trip is basically a tax deductible trip. Regardless of what I'm doing, as long as there is a, as long as I'm doing something that has that could, that is going to benefit. Um, uh, whatever asset I have in that location. Um, so uh, I know you, you pretty much touched on all of it, how everything is tax deductible, but um, being that you have, you've owned, you've owned regular real estate and then also done mm -hmm. short term uh, uh, rentals you, because it's unregulated right now. Do you believe that it's better? It's more tax advantageous to do uh, with the STRs than the regular, regular buy and hold. Oh, absolutely. And then <clears throat> just due to the nature of short-term rentals, right, you move into, into the passive, passive income, which gets you from uh, uh, Schedule C to Schedule E or, or whatever one uh, 
counts against a passive income. Uh, but because 100% of the activity is tax deductible, uh, you, you rack up on your estimated losses, right? So I'll just say in 2018, uh, I opened over 12 short-term rentals. So if you take just on the surface and I say, on average, I take a $35,000 loss by opening one, then let's add that up times times 12, right? Yeah, you're never, you're never going to have it. You're never really going to have a true gain, like according to um, Uncle Sam and Lee. So definitely get that. I've, I've been dealing with that a lot uh, because pretty much every every rental that I've bought or every um, asset that I've bought, I've had to go in and do renovations. So mm -hmm. uh, same thing. I take a, you know, pretty, pretty big, uh, that renovation cost is a, is a loss. So um, I definitely understand that piece. I can see how that is. Okay. Okay. So what's next? What's next for you in the STR business? What's, where do you see it going? And do you, do you ever consider, or do you think you'll buy more traditional? <laughs> um, are you just going to stick with the STR, continue to grow? and branch off into different economies within our different branches within that shared ecosystem. Yeah. So, so really, uh, what, what, uh, what I've sort of branched out into now, uh, with, with the short term rentals, uh, is sort of, a, a hybrid mix of, uh, a tenant and, and a property manager. And, uh, just looking really to to expand into to uh, to more owner uh, or offering owners uh, a long term solution on rental inefficiencies. Uh, so so the last four or five deals that uh, that I've structured uh, have been with homeowners uh, for five to seven year leases uh, in exchange for exclusive permission through a short term rental addendum. To, uh, to provide short-term rental services uh, from their property. So, so on the surface, uh, it, it, it's an area that's largely untouched uh, because I'm signing the lease as a regular tenant, uh, but then I'm also doing traditional property management duties just by nature of the short-term rental business. So, so it's sort of a hybrid mix there. And then offering homeowners uh, the ability to uh, focus on building equity uh, and building. appreciation over time by offering them a long-term lease to to eliminate rental rental inefficiencies and tenant tenant turnover every every 12 months. So uh, while good, I'm having to to help uh, explain this to to folks because on the surface it's too good to be true. It, so, so me, me as an owner, and I'm sure you as well as as a landlord, um, I think that's phenomenal. That that offers um, just pure stability. You don't have to worry about random tenants, uh, random tenants coming in, messing up your property. Um, also, you don't have to worry about any tenant turnover, and you don't got to worry about like you know for sure for the next five to seven years that your your unit is going to be rented out. So, for those who of the, of you listening that uh, are kind of unfamiliar with what Cav is talking about. Can you just explain that on a, like a really generic term, what that, what that looks like for, um, for me or for anyone that actually owns a property? Um, how does that, how does that look for, for them? I know you kind of touched on it, but. 
Yeah, I, I think on on the surface. So uh, if if you have a property that's listed on on hot pads, for example, uh, I'll I'll reach out uh, and I'll just ask you uh, if you are interested in uh, doing a a long term uh, lease agreement in exchange for exclusive permission to to do short term rentals uh, from the uh, from the property. Uh, and then just a brief explanation of, of, of what short-term rentals are and, uh, and how the lease agreement would, would sort of work. Uh, it's really the, the, the surface level conversation and then uh, set up a phone call afterwards. But uh, for, for most homeowners, uh, especially some of those that I've went under contract with, uh, they've experienced rental inefficiencies and tenant turnover. And it's, it's a stressful period for every homeowner every 12 months or so when that time comes. Uh, but, but that becomes the, the ultimate catch point uh, to offer a long-term uh, lease in exchange for, for short-term rentals. And uh, for opportunists or homeowners that are opportunists, uh, they, they've all uh, came on board after a, after a short conversation. Yeah, I mean that's 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 huge. I saw one of the properties that you recently posted um, on on your forum, and it's just a beautiful property. I think that's the one probably down in St. Petersburg, I believe. Is that or is it's down somewhere in Florida? I yeah, just Saint, Florida. St. Petersburg. It's down in St. Petersburg. That beautiful, beautiful single family home looks like you went and redid. <laughs> uh, someone renovated it, but the furnishings looks great. I know you hired a professional photographer to to actually do the work, and it just it looks phenomenal, I'm sure. Uh, how's that doing so far? Have you already, have, already, have you already had tenants in it? Yeah, so so it opened up. Uh, <clears throat> I want to say mid uh, mid May for uh, for guests, and um, it is rolling at about 80 percent occupancy through uh, through June so far. I think July uh, is a little bit halfway, more than halfway booked, and in August as well. Uh, but to be expected in, in St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, with uh, with that type of listing near uh, near Gulfport and some of the uh, the popular attractions down down in that area, so so that's proven to be a a great investment uh, at this point. And I'll I'll talk a little bit about how that deal was structured. So uh, please the the, the lady uh, she's a retired Navy chief. Uh, she retired about two, three years ago, and, and she's been itching to, uh, to travel. She hasn't had the ability to uh, either rent or uh, stick her property with a property manager uh, that she's been confident in uh, so she can take off. And I sent her a note after seeing her property, and then she immediately calls me, and she's like, this is too good to be true. And then we, we have a brief conversation about everything and she's like, dude, I'm on board. And then she hangs up, she calls her best friend and she calls her mom and then she calls her dad and then she calls, you know, another friend and everybody's like, that's too good to be true. Right. That's not, no way. I'm, I don't believe it. You're scared. Yeah. <laughs> and she calls me back and she says, all right, well, tell me a little bit more about, tell me a little bit more about this and, and, how you plan to do this and you know do, do you have any references 
uh, yada, yada, yada. So we, we ironed all that out, had a couple of conversations over the next couple of days. Uh, and I think after 72 hours of a little bit back and forth, uh, we, we were under contract. I flew down uh, a week and a half later, uh, got everything set up, built out uh, over a weekend. And uh, she took off a week later. She she is uh, she went from Dominican Republic. She sent me a note. She's uh, she's going to Germany. And she says she don't know when she's gonna be back. <laughs> that's an awesome win. So for anyone out there that's listening, it's a uh, disgruntled landlord that you know they might be in an area, a desired area that they just can't find a a good PM. Which uh, I know that is an issue. I've, I've been through a couple PMs on a couple of different my property property managers. Um, property managers on my properties and uh, it can be a struggle to find uh, competent property managers that will keep your keep your units vacant definitely um, definitely hit up uh, Cav um, he has a, a Facebook page called uh, creating or uh, creating Airbnb investors and investments um, so that's we'll put the link down below uh, here I'm sure he'll talk about it as well but it's a great forum specifically geared towards STR uh, short-term rentals and um it's there's a whole there's a whole group there they got i don't know over 200 people right now and it's growing every single day it's a fairly new group so um yeah definitely hit them up and i know that you're some of the deals that you're doing i know that you're partnering with others who are interested in getting into uh, real estate investing um specifically short-term rentals or i mean you you have enough knowledge to to pretty much touch on everything. I know you've done single family, you've done multifamily, you've done a little bit of building properties from the ground up. So, uh, you, I mean, he kind of covers the whole gambit. Um, definitely check out the definitely check out the Facebook group uh, if you, if you want to learn more about uh, what we're talking about here, and he can give you more specifics. But yeah, is there anything is there anything else that you would say to a first time investor? Any any guidance that you could give to a first-time investor, any advice that you can give that could possibly help a first-time investor out? Yeah, you know, I, I, I have a strong belief that education is sort of one of the centers of gravity, uh, gravity's of the world. Uh, so, so first of all, just uh, educate yourself and uh, what you desire to get into. Uh, and then once you obtain that uh, bit of education, uh, start to build relationships, right? So nothing exists in isolation. And that's a true statement as you look at any Fortune 500 company. An example I always give, so Henry Ford back in the day started Ford Motor Companies, but, uh, and, and he was a, an entrepreneur that just went out and, and did it. Uh, but, but that's not the world we live in. Uh, now companies, uh, large and small are governed by boards, right? So, so when you look at that construct, well, what does that tell you, right? Uh, those are relationships that are intertwined uh, and they started somewhere at, at some point. So, so education and then you, you start to build relationships through uh, the, the various groups that are out there. And then you, you, you get all those ducks in a row and then, then cross the LD. Uh, once you've sort of built that confidence around uh, what you're uh, what you're doing and what you're going after, but uh, you know, phenomenal, phenomenal uh, assets that are out there. So uh, just just go for it. Definitely, education, communication, and um, syncing with other people. That's that's great advice. 
So how can we reach you? On Facebook, by and large. Uh, I, I have a website, but uh, I'm, I'm not a huge huge fan of, of, uh, of following folks through, through websites when, when most folks spend their time on social media. So uh, as Dan alluded, creating uh, uh, Airbnb investors uh, is the, uh, the Facebook group. Uh, or you can link me, Alvin Cavalier, uh, by name should be uh, the only one on there if you're uh, if you're searching high and low. But I, I'd be happy to sit down and talk with you about uh, about what you're looking at doing uh, as it pertains to the short-term rental market. Uh, and the last bit too. So so there are also investor packages uh, that are out there for some of the deals that that come up uh, that I do offer, uh, offer investors, uh, to, uh, to get into their, their first short-term rental, whether it's a individual or, or partnered effort. Uh, so. That's amazing. And again, his, his all of our information, uh, Alvin's our Cal's information is going to be right below his, right below his picture right there. So you'll be able to see that there, all of his, um, social media contacts, also his website and things like that. So you'll be able to reach out and ask those, those questions um, regarding really anything in real estate uh, related because Cab pretty much has, has it on lock yet. He pretty much understands everything and uh, he's pretty much done everything. He's been in the game for, for a long time. Um, but the short-term rental market for sure is a subject matter expert and he's kind of charting into new territories, t territories and creating his own space within the short-term uh, rental market. Just like you said, you've, you've heard about him reaching out to <laughs> Uh, the landlords and, and renting out their spaces as well. So I, I think that's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I know you're, 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 you're just completely crushing the game and, and I continue to, um, I'll continue to reach out to you as, you know, kind of a mentee, you know, so um, I love everything you're doing and thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. I know um, you're really providing a lot of values to uh, value to my subscribers. So again, I really, really appreciate you coming and uh, thank you for your time. Uh, Dan, I appreciate it, man, and you're you're blazing the path. So I'm excited to see uh, see where uh, where you're headed to uh, here with uh, not only your show but but your real estate investing also. So that's off to you, man. Thank you. Thank you.